Hello, welcome to our podcast, The Asphalt Story. In this series, we will be discussing the key highlights of the global asphalt market as presented in Argos' Asphalt Annual 2022. In this episode, we want to give an overview of Europe and Africa bitumen markets and the impact from the Russia-Ukraine conflict and other market disruptors. The Asphalt Story is brought to you by Argus Media, a leading independent provider of energy and commodity information. I am Juan Castillo, a consultant for Argus Consulting in Houston, and with me today are Kevin Hedvat, editor of Bitumen Report covering the Europe and African markets, and Irina Vinagradova, manager in Argus Consulting, responsible for the specialty products coverage in London office. So, to start with, uh, Kayvan, uh, could you please tell us what is the demand destruction and the supply situation within the context of the Russia-Ukraine conflict? Yes, I mean, um, uh, we've seen um, multiple impact, impacts, really, of, of the global oil price spike and of the Russia-Ukraine conflict. Of course, the spike began before that conflict, um, and this has dominated the bitumen landscape, uh, uh, and as it has so many other energy and commodity markets. Uh, the most striking impact uh, on um, the destructive impact on bitumen and asphalt demand uh, has been felt, uh, you know, across several markets in uh, in the Mediterranean, uh, in the Black Sea, uh, in other parts of Europe, um, as well as many parts of Sub-Saharan Africa as well. Um, we've seen road contractors all the way from Benelux uh, to Romania, uh, in Spain and Italy, uh, and in major uh, bitumen importing markets like Algeria, where uh, project work has work has stopped uh, or has been slowed down or delayed uh, because of the massive uh, spike in input costs. Uh, of course, that's come from bitumen itself uh, because of the way the oil prices have gone up and driven up outright prices for bitumen, uh, but also a whole range of um, energy costs, uh, you know, whether it's gas or diesel, uh, you know, which go into, uh, you know, uh, running plants and machinery where road project work is involved, asphalt mixing plants and uh, and all the other plants and machinery needed uh, to uh, to conduct project work. All these costs have have uh, all together in a perfect storm have uh, risen uh, dramatically, and uh, and what has happened is basically that uh, projects that uh, you know that have been agreed or tenders awarded in maybe a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, uh, to contracting firms uh, at certain fixed prices in many markets with little flexibility really within that with little wiggle room. Uh, what has happened to them is that uh, you know now suddenly uh, when the time comes to do the work, uh, the costs of actually doing it. Have have risen exponentially. Uh, so uh, this is uh, this is part of the reason why many projects have been slowed, uh, you know, uh, and uh, or stopped in some cases, and that's had a major negative impact in overall bitumen and asphalt demand. Um, that's really what's happened. I mean, uh, one notable example, for example, Algeria is a major, uh, you know, a leading bitumen importing market, uh, uh, which often consumes or usually consumes uh, 700 to 800,000 ton a year of, of the product uh, through in cargoes which go to the uh, Algerian ports, uh, usually in this in this sort of peak season through much of the year from February, March to October, November. It would be something like, uh, you know, uh, they would usually be importing 60 to 70 
70kt a month of bitumen. Uh, what's actually been happening so far has been nothing more than 20 and in some maybe up to 30kt a month, uh, something like a third of uh, uh, you know usual uh, volumes. And similarly, um, maybe not as bad, but uh, it, a similar impact has happened in Romania, where again, uh, you know, Ekman market that again is a major, uh, you know, importer of its considerable needs for road and highway work. Uh, uh, Bulgaria market too has been hit. And of course, Ukraine itself, um, which was um, becoming a major import market into its Black Sea terminals. Uh, you know, this has happened from August 2020 onwards. They be began uh, being a major cargo importer uh, and last year imported something like uh, up to 200,000 tonnes of bitumen into various uh, Black Sea ports, including Nikolaya, for example, or Kharkiv and others. Of course, that market is now uh, out of the equation uh, and uh, that's taken up a whole slug of demand as well. Um, so these are some of the uh, main destructive impacts that we've seen on the demand side. We've also seen much slower activity than usual. Uh, you know, as we as we go into the peak part of the season across Europe, uh, you know, in markets like Italy, Spain, and Portugal, uh, and as I mentioned before, Benelux too. Uh, but uh, yeah, gradually those uh, those uh, demand does increase. Um, and uh, but what what has happened is that with the biggest impact being felt uh, in the Mediterranean markets and in uh, especially in the central to eastern Med and Black Sea, which form a kind of supply demand uh, sort of market with Greece and Turkey as the uh, and Italy as the main exp uh, export points and uh, and Romania, uh, Bulgaria, Ukraine as used to be and as well as of course the North African markets like Algeria through to Egypt. Uh, all those markets, uh, you know, having that uh, you know, where demand has sort of lagged behind the available supply. Uh, we've seen uh, prices for uh, bitumen cargoes uh, running at, uh, uh, you know, substantial discounts in many cases, uh, FOB discounts to FOB Mediterranean high sulfur fuel oil cargoes, whereas normally by this time of year uh, in the May-June period, uh, they'll be at substantial premiums. Um, and at the same time, uh, what has happened is that, yeah, and for this reason, uh, for these reasons, uh, for reasons of uh, rising freight rates, uh, you know, which has been, you know, also driven by oil markets and, of course, bunker fuel costs uh, spiking um, uh, and making delivered prices into those locations I mentioned, like Algeria, for example, so high and buyers even more resistant to buy within the med. There has been a, um, a, a real trend of moving cargoes from the med to the north, where markets which have been relatively balanced, where supply has also been res been restricted to a certain extent, uh, while demand has not been so badly impacted as it has been in the med. Uh, so, uh, you know, there has been um, shutdowns of refineries, uh, uh, permanent ones which have been ongoing for a number of years, uh, but the latest of them in February, uh, when the ATPC refinery in Antwerp was shut down, uh, Permanently and uh, uh, and uh, and there were, you know, major maintenance shutdown at Shell's refinery in Pernis, a very important uh, uh, bitumen producing refinery in the Rotterdam area, um, and uh, prolonged shutdown since uh, I think late 2020 at uh, Total Energy's Donge refinery on the French Atlantic coast. We're still waiting for that to restart. The latest thinking is for the bitumen part of it. The rest have restarted, but for the bitumen, it's, it seems like it's going to be mid-June by the time that has started. So those factors, as well as the uh, the much reduced supply, export supply of Russian bitumen cargoes, which have, which 
were an increasing feature of the North European markets um, for some years and peaking really last year at something like 400,000 tonnes out of St. Petersburg and Lomonosov. Those flows have also slowed uh, considerably, although there are there is more signs of more regularity in those flows now, uh, but of course much less than they would have been otherwise. Uh, but uh, yeah, all these factors together have have kept the north and uh, northwest European, northern Scandinavian, Baltic markets relatively tight compared to uh, uh, compared to the Med, and that has attracted sizable volumes. Uh, and of course, that's it's also resulted in the north for let's say Rotterdam cargoes being traded at uh, something or indicated at uh, premiums of something like forty dollars a ton uh, to for Rotterdam high sulfur fuel oil barges. Uh, we've also seen the Mediterranean high sulfur fuel oil prices, uh, uh, f you know, uh, for the gap, the deficit of those two for Rotterdam high sulfur fuel oil, the Med North gap has basically widened a lot. Uh, the North being becoming much more stronger relative to the Med and high sulfur fuel oil. And that has also enabled more, you know, has helped to encourage uh, some of the arbitrage movement from the Med to North uh, because of those pricing differences, uh, despite the fact that the freight rates are very high, uh, as I mentioned before, especially on that kind of length of journey. And the final thing really we're looking at now is um, uh, to see, um, well, aside from, of course, the, the real impacts of the, of, you know, the crude, Russian crude and feedstock, uh, you know, exports, uh, how much the sort of various sanctions or self-sanctioning will actually, and in what time frame they'll actually really impact supply. There has been the impact on some, uh, some refineries for sure. Uh, noticeable impact, but we wait for that. But we also wait to see if the uh, the westbound transatlantic arbitrage for bitumen uh, does open up, uh, and uh, there may be some signs that that will happen in the coming uh, in this coming period, uh, maybe sometime during June, and we'll start to see more. But up to now, the considerable volatility on oil markets uh, and uh, high stocks in the in the U.S. Uh, particularly the US East Coast key market there uh, and of course and good availability from Canada and to a certain extent from Colombia have prevented uh, real arbitrage from from Europe uh, and uh, buyers have been um, not wanted to commit in the US East Coast to buying cargoes given the volatility of prices and how much they can shift from one week to the next, one day to the next. Uh, so we wait for a number of factors to uh, make themselves felt but this is the overall picture in bitumen at the moment, uh, uh, waiting for it to kick start, waiting for it to um, get, uh, you know, uh, tighten and, uh, and generate some momentum uh, during the season uh, and that's where we're at. Thank you very much, Kevin. Uh, and uh, now uh, to you, Irina. Uh, what can you tell us about the changes to the long-term demand drivers and the demand recovery rate? Uh, thanks, Juan. Um, first, I think I wanted to comment um, that our thinking has changed quite a lot between the previous asphalt annual that we published last year and this and this year, um, a lot due to the factors that Kevin pointed out. Uh, if previously we were thinking more in terms of how um, the IMO 2020 is going to impact and what are the first uh, results of the COVID pandemic um, and the impact that uh, it has on the bitumen and asphalt markets. Now it's more related to the Russia-Ukraine conflict and the recession that we're expecting to follow and first signs of which we started seeing here in Europe. 
So um, if to compare our numbers, say, on the Western Europe demand forecast, if uh, last year the uh, average compound annual growth rate for 2020-2025 was um, in the range of um, 1.4%, now it is 1.2% and also the recovery is uh, uh, has a different shape. I mean, we're not uh, expecting the demands to recover in the next couple of years. Uh, partly that's due to the high prices that Kevin mentioned. Um, generally speaking, in our crude and refined products team, the thinking is that um, the high crude prices that we're seeing now, uh, well, March, showed us that the uh, North Sedated price can be uh, close to $140 a barrel that this level of prices is just unsustainable. So um, we are forecasting that uh, the prices are going to reduce to around um, average $98 a barrel by the end of this year and dropping down uh, in 2023 and to $85 um, a barrel by 2024. So with this, uh, well, this is a good sign for um, anybody further down the line. Um, so the contractors will rejoice at having uh, slightly more manageable prices in the 2023-2024. Uh, However, for now, the the shape of the recovery uh, is slightly different because it shifted by one or two years further down the line compared to what we were forecasting and expecting to happen um, last year. Um, now, as Kevin mentioned, um, there have been some changes on the supply side as well. So there was uh, a 1.4 million tons uh, capacity closures in Western Europe alone. Uh, the, this is permanent closures and um, also there are quite a lot of maintenances uh, um, in Western Eastern Europe and blower exports from Belarus due to the sanctions. Uh, that contributed to uh, having a tighter market. So um, if, if previously we were looking at production increases of 2.8% compound annual growth rate in 2020 to 2025, in this year's annual we're looking at significantly more moderate figures of just 0.13% uh, compound annual growth rate in between 2021 and 2026. Uh, as as we are thinking currently, um, we do not assume any permanent, other permanent um, closures apart from the ones that have been announced. But that said, um, they can happen. It's just the thinking is even if they do, um, other players will step up and uh, increase the production rate to become um, the so-called champion producers of, of bitumen so that although um, there's going to be some or there is a potential that there is going to be some um, capacity losses the production is going to remain pretty much the same or at a similar level we do uh, expect that the, there's going to be some capacity additions so shishak refinery uh, bitumen unit uh, with 84,000 tons a year capacity, 
we assumed to come on stream in 2023. But that said, um, basically the market doesn't know when exactly uh, it's going to start up. Probably, you know, doesn't know when exactly if if this timeline is going to be feasible to start it up by 2023. Um, so. Uh, we're just gonna wait and see. It's not such a such a massive unit uh, to hold our breath, but uh, this is uh, going to potentially ease the supply in uh, Central Eastern Europe uh, situation. We briefly touched upon um, African market. Um, well, Kevin mentioned a few things about it. So, um, in in the annual, uh, when we're looking at it, it seems to be one of the few bright stars in terms of the demand growth. So um, that the demand growth between 2021 and 2026 is going to be about 2.8% compound annual growth rate, uh, which is significantly higher than. Um, say Europe, which has just 1.2 percent, um, or Central Eastern Europe, which actually uh, has a negative growth because of the Russia-Ukraine conflict and the um, loss of demand um, in Ukraine and uh, uh, neighboring countries that are going to be struggling to recover from uh, the, the the impacts uh, of the Russia-Ukraine conflict and the related instability and recession really. Uh, so with Africa, there's quite a lot of projects going on or scheduled at least. So if the prices uh, will come down as we think they will, then uh, we will see this growth uh, slightly further down the line. The region will continue to be uh, an net importer of bitumen from Europe and Middle East. So currently we're seeing slightly less availability from Europe, so Middle East will have to step up a little uh, to cover up the shortage. Uh, but this recovery um, can be potentially slowed down due to uh, higher than expected prices. So let's let's wait and see. Um, uh, our our forecast was based on the thinking that the uh, crude prices is going to go down uh, by 2024. Thank you very much, uh, Irina, and uh, thanks, uh, Kevin and Irina, again, and thank you all for listening. We hope to be back with you again soon with another episode of the series The Asphalt Story on the Americas Markets. For further information about the bitumen coverage, you can check out our Argus bitumen publication and the Argus Asphalt Annual 2022. And to learn more about the Argus Consulting Services, please visit www.argusmedia.com/consulting. <music>